0: Christianity and climate change. I just never really got it. So let's talk about it. Welcome in. This is Religionless Christianity. I'm your host, Spencer, and this is my beautiful wife, Nikki. Hello. And bef- so this is our kind of Saturday weekly news roundup. And, um, We only have a couple stories to get into today. It wasn't a super big news week. I don't feel like, you know, as far as one sort of story that dominated the news, kind of a lot of little stories. So we grabbed some that we thought were interesting to us. And um, before we dive into that, honey, is there anything you would like to say?
1: I just praise God for the little things that our kids have friends now and just from soccer mostly, but. The season has ended, and everybody's exchanged phone numbers, and it's really weird. Our boys are twins, and they made friends with uh, twins on their team who look like them, the blue eyes, blonde hair. Weirdly, they're born on the exact same day and year, only eight minutes after our boys were born, and their mom also grew up in Michigan.
0: Yeah, like 20 minutes down the road from us. (laughs)
1: Yes.
0: (laughs) So, very, very odd. Their little connection there, which is nice. But the girls made friends too. Mm -hmm. Um, Friends have been, you know, we're homeschoolers. So, friends are tough to come by um,
1: Mm -hmm. for
0: homeschoolers when they move to a new city and all that. So, we don't have any family here either, really, that have kids their age. So, um, and we live in, God bless our wonderful little house in this. awful housing market where you get your eyes gouged out. Um we don't really have any kids in the neighborhood that mm-hmm. are their age, so it's been slow going for them, but they did find some friends. The soccer season's over and um yeah, that's all good <laughs> news. So um and I'll just give a praise to God. Uh I had a pretty like physically tough week at work and made it through and all the other guys made it through as well. It was a fun week, but it was a tough week. And interestingly, interestingly enough, um, kind of the story that we're talking about here first, uh, my week at work sort of plays a little bit in the same lane here, so I can speak a little intelligently on it, hopefully. And you know our big story of the day is gonna have to deal with climate change. But before we get into that, and I just saw this story sort of right before we jumped on here to record, and if you want to read this headline, honey. It
1: says, Alec Baldwin speaks out after a fatal prop gun shooting on Rust set. There are no words to convey my shock sadness.
0: Yeah, and then the story goes on to say, you know, Alec Baldwin jumped on Twitter, and talked about how um, heartbroken and stuff he was so if you want to just read here this paragraph
1: okay the entertainment world is stunned over Thursday's prop firearm accident on the set of the western film Rust Alec Baldwin fired a, a weapon that killed cinematographer Helena Hutchins 42 and left director Joel Souza, 48 hospitalized yep Hmm.
0: So, a prop gun went off, and uh, you just want to read this one last paragraph.
1: Okay. According to investigators, it appears that the scene being filmed involved the use of a prop firearm when it was discharged. The Santa Fe County Sheriff's Department said in a statement Detectives are investigating how and what type of projectile was discharged.
0: Yep. Yeah, so, the story is basically Alex. Alec Baldwin on the scene of a movie he's shooting in New Mexico, when apparently maybe some scene that he was in involved him shooting a gun.
1: I don't he understand.
0: Picked that. the gun up, shot it. Somehow it killed the cinematographer, who I would imagine isn't in the scene, or maybe he was pointing the gun. You know, the f- cameras and so stuff many are generally questions, pretty close. Though. <laughs> so left one dead, one in the hospital. We'll see how that goes. And don't then they
1: have more than one camera going. Like, this incident was caught on camera is my point like
0: oh sure yeah i mean it definitely was caught on film and we may i guess see that someday but it says down here um the company i think that handles like the prop guns and stuff is called prop masters and this paragraph says IndieWire reports the local 44 which covers prop masters um send an email to its members saying that the gun used in the scene contained a live round, apparently. So, um, yeah, I mean, and the reason we're bringing this up, I want to talk about it a little bit. But first and foremost, as Christians, um, you know, Alec Baldwin is not a friend of ours, right? We understand that. He's not uh, an advocate for Christ and all anything godly, really. But, you know, the Bible tells us um, to love our enemies, you know, mm-hmm. right? If you love those that love you, like what benefit is it, mm-hmm. you know? So we're called to love those who don't love us, um, to love our enemies. And I would count Alec Baldwin as one of those. So, um, you know, the only way, I mean, maybe you can reach out to him on Twitter, you know, let him know you're praying for him, but I would pray for him. Um, pray for the family of Helena Hutchinson and Joel Souza, because I think Helena Hutchinson leaves behind a husband and children and that's obviously a pretty freak accident so we need to keep these people in prayer and you never know what's going to you know crack that hard heart what God's plan is i mean mm-hmm. this is something you know that turns Alec Baldwin to God and um mm-hmm. you never know right nothing's outside of yeah, God's God control can save
1: to the uttermost and i know everybody likes to make jokes about hollywood but it's not we can't look at it as uh Entertainment gossip. Um, so I know a lot of people are already making their jokes about it, but Christian shouldn't be doing that. We should come at it. Um, like you said, praying for him, praying for the families. Um, it should break our hearts that it happened at all and not jump into conspiracy theories about it. Like, don't let that be your first reaction. That's not where our, our, our character should be, to be thinking that right off the bat.
0: Yeah, and that's definitely something, you know, our society has led us to sort of that hard heart mocking, like almost, yeah. you know, and it's, you know, in large part due to the news media, the entertainment we consume, you know, death is just sort of, it's a news story. It's something that just happens in the world and we laugh about it and stuff. But I mean, these are real people that are affected. And again, even Alec Baldwin, who we would probably count an enemy. I mean, this has got to be. I mean, this life change, he literally killed a person, not intentionally, so, you know, as far as we know, but I mean, you got to put yourself in their shoes. Um, obviously, Helena, who's, you know, or her husband, her kid. Um, so yeah, we can't be so hard hearted that we see death and, you know, mayhem and stuff and just go, Oh, man, you know, like, so to be Alec Baldwin. Like, yeah, that guy's an idiot. You know, you can't do that. You can't have that attitude. Um, you got to have a heart of compassion, uh, not let the world sort of, you know, turn you into them mm-hmm. because I mean, that's what they want. A lot you to of people
1: well, only you know Hollywood's very liberal and anti gun. So the joke's already out saying that Alec is going to blame the gun. And that just, like, in a way, like, part of me can laugh at that. But, you know, the Christ likeness in me is like, no. Pray for him, and let's not make jokes
0: right, and yeah, you know, and that kind of you know leaving from the spiritual side of things, and not that we ever leave that, but just sort of looking at this story from because um, that would be pretty ironic you know, to have somebody who's you know about as far left as you can get in this country, mm-hmm. and I don't know any specific tweets or instances, but I have to imagine he's pretty pro gun control, um so it's ironic. Even in the sense that if you're pro gun control, you'd be in a movie where you're shooting people. That's always seemed weird to me. If you're not for guns, why are you in movies about killing people and using guns? But yeah, it'd be ironic if he came out and was like, you know, apparently guns kill people. I don't know. Hopefully not. But what was even weirder to me is just this idea of shooting somebody and killing them with blanks. I spent this entire week. In all of last week, I probably shot—I don't know—500 rounds of blanks. Um, so to see a story like this, where someone actually dies from using a blank, is very bizarre. Because this, from a outsider perspective, and I don't know what your perspective on this is. Like, it's not easy to get a live round mixed in with blanks. Blanks don't look like normal rounds. I mean, maybe if you were just at a passing glance maybe but blanks specifically look different than other ammunition they come packaged differently they are Mm. it's not intentionally like they don't just send you a box of ammo and they're like hey here's a box with 19 blanks and one real round like that doesn't happen it has to be intentionally mixed in Mm. and that's why when they're saying there's a live round loaded in the gun like that has to be intentional or like negligent, obviously, to the point of homicide, where you're loading up a gun for a movie scene. And first off, why? I don't know why you would ever have a real round at a gun or at a movie, right. but if you're loading up a gun for a movie with blanks and there's a round that doesn't look like the other rounds, and I'm assuming this was probably a shotgun if only one round went off and he killed and injured more than one person.
1: Like how many times was the... Was it during a scene, like, they were filming? Like, how many times was that scene recorded? They would have noticed it before. Yeah. It's, like, as if it was the first time they were shooting that scene.
0: I mean, it must have been. Yeah, just, I just a weird story because, I mean, really odd. like I said, I've shot a lot of blank ammunition before. And, um, obviously, we do different things to our guns to make sure that nothing can come out. But you have to be even pretty close to a, to have a blank do damage of this sort. And I've never heard of a, a blank really killing or hurting somebody. But, you know, obviously, if you're, I don't know. Yeah. It's just, it's a crazy story because I don't know how it happens. You're loading a gun and there's a live round in there. Like, where did it come from? How did it get there? How did nobody notice it? Um, yeah. Very, very strange. So. Heartbreaking for Alec Baldwin. I'm sure we'll hear more about this. Like Nikki said, I have to imagine they have this. Not that I want anybody to watch the video of some lady dying in gunfire. That's horrifying. But, you know, it'd be interesting to see what actually comes to light of this because I just have a hard time believing that it's simply a mistake that nobody caught. I just don't know how that happens. Um, so it'll be interesting to hear about that. But yeah, keep Alec Baldwin in your prayers. Keep these families in your prayers. Um, like Nikki said, man, he can reach, God can reach to the uttermost. You never know what can turn somebody um, from their life of sin and, you know, debauchery and all of that to Christ. So pray mm-hmm. that this would actually be a turning point for Alec Baldwin. So do you have any last thoughts on this story?
1: No, I can get into the other one.
0: Yeah. So this next story, um, really stood out to me. And if you want to just read, and both of these stories will be in the notes as always, but if you want to read the headline, honey.
1: UK Christians walk 750 miles to urge action on climate change.
0: Yep. So Hmm. UK Christians are taking up the call to uh, climate change. And it says, um, well, you can just read this first paragraph
1: here. (laughs) Uh, So Rachel Manders' walk to Glasgow began with the Bible. An evangelical from Sheffield, England, she had long been convinced of the connection between loving God and loving her neighbor. But when she was 19 or 20, she also saw the connection between loving her neighbor and caring for creation.
0: Yep. And. Hmm.
1: Um, I just wonder what verse was talking about climate change well
0: and she goes on (laughs) to say it's like looking for angels in the bible you don't notice how many there are until you actually look and then you see them popping up everywhere she said me and my friends started re-examining scripture and seeing how being a person of faith means you care for the environment suddenly it was on every page I was like what uh what version were you reading uh
1: did she post any scripture in there because i didn't get to the no
0: they didn't post scripture okay um so it apparently goes on to say that there's about this uh group called the young christian climate network they organized about two thousand people to make this walk and they're going to uh go meet up at the UN Climate Change Conference. Um that's gonna be holding their opening ceremonies on um, no other than Reformation Day, October 31st. <laughs> and this story really stood out to me because this is something, like I said in the open, I've never understood the Christian who believes there's like a diehard climate change, global warming, because uh, my the thought I always go to is have you read the book? Like, have you read the end of the book? Because Revelation tells us the way it's going to end. And it doesn't say that CO2 emissions are going to rise to a point where Earth becomes unlivable. Mm -hmm. like, Mm -hmm. So it's just, it's always bizarre to me. And when I read this lady's story, it seems like a very strong case of like, worshiping the creation over yeah. the creator and again they don't really talk about what church she goes to or much biblically other than they just say that they're christians
1: yeah and they're young
0: <laughs> they are young and just so happened that nikki happened to be listening to a really good sermon today by uh Vody bacham and he was talking about this and you took down some notes here um
1: Mm -hmm.
0: if you want to just read off whatever he was talking about
1: well he the sermon was called having um, zeal with without knowledge and he was basically going off of uh, well, Paul is talking about the Jews having a zeal for God but without knowledge and I don't know after listening to that and then reading this article, I was like, oh, those kind of connect. These people have a zeal for the things of God. But like he said, like, are you worshiping the creation over the creator? Because they're so concerned with saving the earth. But how does that affect souls? Are you saving souls? Like our mission is souls, not the earth. So I don't know. It's like people have more of a zeal for everything except souls with all the, I don't know, all the social justice movement and how he brought up how people, when they are looking for a church, they always say things like, oh, we want a church that's really involved in the community and um, makes an impact on community and outreach and all that. And he said they pretty much want a church that looks like the Red Cross, Goodwill, and the food pantry all rolled up into one. And I don't know, we've said before, the church shouldn't be just an outreach program. That shouldn't be the number one thing. Um, those are not signs that, um, that people in the church understand the, righteous, the righteousness of God, that they even understand the gospel at all. If they're putting these outward works and things that the community would praise them for above reaching souls, and I think that's what a lot of the younger generations doing, the younger Christians. I see they're very active in the community. They want a name for themselves among the community for doing good works, but they don't want to offend with the gospel.
0: No. And, yeah, it's just a very strange thing. Um, like you talked about having these churches involved in, like, you know, the community and stuff. Because they talk in here. And it says in Ireland, the Anglican church was convinced through these groups to reduce its investment in fossil fuel companies from ten percent to zero, total of fifty million euros or about fifty eight million dollars. I was like, Why is a church investing money at all in companies? Like I I guess if you're doing the Lord's work. (laughs) Yeah, like we're why would you take the tithe money or whatever it is from your church and you're investing in companies like that money is to invest in souls, not, you know, to turn a profit for your church. I don't know that I saw that statement and I was like, what? Maybe this is something all churches do. And we're just ignorant of it.
1: Like, we think we can control things that are, you know, which I don't believe are true, but that are so big and so huge. And like, I had a part in saving the earth. Like, okay, that makes you feel good. You think God's patting you on the back for that. Like, you did this good work, but are you preaching the gospel?
0: Right, and it seems almost an ignorance of Scripture. Because, yeah, I mean, do we want to take care of, you know, we're stewards of the earth and or yeah. God's creation and, the, you know, all that sort of stuff, yes. Um, but it almost... I I don't know if it almost like lifts us to a a loftier place than we think we should think ourselves like because God's written the end of the story right He knows the way that the world is going to end the way that we're going to be you know brought to the new heaven and new earth all these sorts of things have been written they will said. be a
1: warming going on when but the like firmament melts
0: <laughs> but it almost like for us to think that we could somehow overrule god's plan and destroy this earth before his plans are enacted
1: right
0: is ignorance of scripture and it's prideful to put ourselves in a place where we think well god i know you had a plan but we created automobiles and you never saw that coming and now there's too much co2 in the air like right it didn't catch god off guard and if his plan is to um enact revelation and Jesus meets us in the air, you know, defeats Satan, all these sorts of things that are supposed to play out. The idea that we could just have, like, too many factories and now God's plans just out the window. I think people are so
1: prideful to think that they can destroy what God has created and he sustains. Like, yeah, we are supposed to be good stewards of what he has given us. He hasn't given us all of that. Like, yes, he has given the earth to men and the heavens are for the Lord, but you know, we're to have authority, you know, subdue the earth. Like we have authority over the animals and, you know, we till the ground, like we work the ground and have gardens and all that and take care of things. We're not, I mean, I think we can say things like pick up some trash and help clean up oil spills, but.
0: Well, and it's also like just more from a, a natural, like human perspective. You know, they're going to stop um, investing in fossil fuel companies. And that's one of the things that these climate Christians, if you want to call them that, um, are passionate about is like ending the use of fossil fuels. And But, like, it's just not that easy because the use of fossil fuels is what's gotten us to a place where we are as healthy, as successful. Like, I'd be curious to know their take on the vaccine. And, you know, like. All the Mm -hmm. plastics and all the utensils, all these things that go involved to like to make medicine what it is today, like all the electricity that these hospitals use. That's all fossil fuel based energy and all these sorts of things. And there's not really the technology isn't there yet to just be like, we're going solar panels. It doesn't work. There's not it doesn't work that well. And so, I mean, are you going to reduce fossil fuel usage to the point where you decrease standard of living? we sort of go backwards. We're going to go
1: backwards, yeah.
0: I mean, that's that's fine if that's what you're okay with, you know, but that's like all these the Green New Deals and these plans that come out like, oh, we're going to stop using fossil fuels, you know, 100%. And you're like, so we're never going to fly again? (laughs) Ships are just going to be docked in port because they're, you know, all of, and maybe that's what they want. We don't travel anymore. We're just landlocked to where you were born is where you die. And But like all of the fossil fuel stuff is what's basically gotten us to the level of life you Mm -hmm. know enjoyment and longevity and all these sorts of things so like it's just a bizarre stance and for a christian to say that this because she goes on to say this is not a photo op this is the story of my life and in talking to others on the relay it's the story of our generation Mander said, it's up to us to put the world on track and to deliver climate. And I just wrote down, I was like, this is the biggest, most disappointing statement made in this entire article to me. Um, a lot of stuff I disagree with in there, but this one, if you're a Christian, your entire life and meaning should be to preach the gospel, right? To make disciples of all nations, to love your neighbor, like preaching the gospel, making disciples loving your neighbor and stuff like that. You don't get to just decide that, no, I have something that supersedes what Jesus told me. Like Even if you feel a calling on your heart to be like, I really want to help take care of the environment, that's a noble call, I guess, if that's something that you're into. And it's not bad. We all want a nice world to live in and stuff like that. But that can't supersede the call that God's already placed in every Christian's life. You don't get to just be like, I know you want us to make disciples of all nations and but man, you know what? Nobody's taking care of climate change. Like
1: you're like, God, I'm gonna do this instead.
0: <laughs> yeah, like it didn't slip past him. Like what the atmosphere is today didn't catch God off guard. So
1: God needs us to help save the earth.
0: It's just it's a very strange thing, a very strange position to hold i think and again there's nothing wrong with getting a group of like-minded people together um but i'd be curious to know like if you can you have the capability to gather 2,000 people to go march however many kilometers it is from (laughs) wherever they're marching up to glasgow like are you preaching the gospel along the way are you knocking on doors are you handing out flyers or is the environmentalism overriding everything? I mean, because we've got a group of 2,000 Christians that are this passionate that they're willing to go march. And, you know, because she talks in here and she's like, oh, it'd be really disappointing if, you know, this climate conference is just more, you know, bloviating basically and nothing really gets done about it. And, like, it's of course so it's going much. to be bloviating. Nothing's going to get done about it. They've been talking like this for decades. And they never do anything about it because, it, well, because they're slimy, weasel politicians that'll just say what they have to say and then do whatever they feel like when they leave. But, like, if you're a Christian that wants people to make a change for godly reasons, this world is run by ungodly people. Why would they care what a group of Christians have to say? Oh, mm-hmm. fix the climate for God. They'd be like, uh, yeah, where's the money in it? Like, yeah. now we're talking, you know? Yeah. So it's just a very bizarre thing. Because um, really, I mean, I don't know. I don't know how you fix really any large issue by going and begging for politicians to do it.
1: <laughs> no. You're not, not going to win that way. Like,
0: <laughs> I mean, she has 2,000 people with her that could make a change. Um. So I don't know. It's just, it's a weird thing for that to be your Christian passion that I'm taking on climate change that didn't catch God off guard. He has a plan for, it doesn't overrule what he's already written and spoken.
1: Mm -hmm. You seek first the kingdom of God and he takes care of everything else.
0: So maybe these people are, maybe they're the most passionate evangelical, you know, missionaries on the planet and then they also do climate stuff maybe that's true yeah but typically like Vodi said a lot of these young christians they're looking for this social justice christianity to find a cause to latch on to mm-hmm. and then this is what you know we're going to sort of because I, I they're basically they're not climate christians in my they're view heroes. just reading the story yeah they're <laughs> activists that go to church is essentially what i see this as they're not climate christians are just activists who also happen to be Christians. so they're like oh well i'm an activist let's just Mm -hmm. say it's for god rather than reading to me like is climate change even biblical because i don't
1: Mm -mm.
0: i mean sure the climate might change and i guess that's a natural course of events so maybe that's biblical in a sense but global warming global destruction that's not biblical like it's just not in there so let's not
1: give ourselves that much credit (laughs) yeah we
0: can't destroy god's plan like he's going to enact it as he wants to enact it and we can either get on board or you know enjoy the lake of fire i guess i don't know (laughs) so um those are really the two big stories that we wanted to touch on you know facebook's changing their name they're still a godless awful corporation you should leave as soon as possible um what else happened this week um Oh, 12- to 17-year-olds are getting paid um, $200 gift cards to get a vaccine that they don't need. So uh, that's great. You know, nothing like bowing down to money. A gift
1: card to where?
0: A Visa gift card to wherever they want. So, um,
1: Oh, and also a
0: chance at a $100,000 college scholarship to get a vaccine that they don't need. This Um, is scary.
1: Why are we always going to talk about the vaccine? I thought we were getting out of here without talking about it.
0: (laughs) You'll never get out of here without talking about it. Um, Oh, and then the one I saw, I just want to end on. I saw the University of Iowa, or the University of Denver, I'm sorry, is mandating the flu shot now to all of their students. And I thought when I read this, I was like... The flu shot? Yeah, this isn't about the flu shot. This is about the COVID vaccine. Um, Because now they're like you know, I'm trying to think of the words that I wanted to say. Um, Like, it's just, it's about like, oh, if we're going to mandate the flu shot and you get it, well, like, you can get the COVID vaccine too, right? Like, I feel like this is all COVID-related. Oh, of course. Um, And just, yeah, overreach. I don't know. It's bizarre. Don't go to the University of Denver. Also, this week um, was international, or not international, it was National Pronouns Day, where our, uh, well, who was it, our State Department, it was a holiday they, holiday that they celebrated, um, celebrating your individual pronouns. So um, if you thought the world was getting better, it's not.
1: You um, obviously need to be focused on people.
0: Yeah, We so. are
1: what Jesus died for. Jesus didn't die for the earth.
0: No, we are more important.
1: We people are perishing. That's more important.
0: <laughs> so those are the two big stories we had. It wasn't a, a crazy big news week. Um, pray for the laundry family as well. It sounds like Brian Laundry, his body was found, probably suicide. Um, didn't read too much into it, but that sounds like what it is. So I get it. They might be portrayed as the villains, but much like Alec Baldwin, there's a lost son. Um, a child dead, and that's awful for anybody. So keep them in your prayers as well. Um, but any last thoughts, babies, get ready to wrap this up. Nope. All right, that is all we got for you guys. We will be coming back on Wednesday with hopefully Mars Hill. I'm not sure. Actually, I'm kind of hoping that there isn't a Mars Hill because I got something I really want to talk about. heard a awesome, awesome sermon last night. Had me all fired up. Didn't even want to talk about the news because the news stinks. And I'd rather talk about God and um, great sermons. But we have a duty here. So that is all we have for today. We will see you guys on Wednesday. God bless. Save big money on your outdoor project now at Menards. We have everything you need to keep your outdoor power equipment running smooth. So you can keep that lawn in tip-top shape